Hi, and welcome back to the Positive Power of Pain podcast. And I'm absolutely thrilled today to have a fantastic guest and beautiful woman, Jenny Lynn Sessions, otherwise known as Genix. And Genix is an incredible medicine woman and shaman. And what we have in common is that through our own methodologies and our own ways, we work by bringing people through trauma that is stored in their body both because of things that have happened recently or that they've inherited or absorbed and we help people move out of pain and towards healing and um, Jenny would you just like to say hello hey it's really lovely to be here and um, hello to all of you people out there listening Um, this feels like a really um, important connection yeah, absolutely. So I'm sitting here um, holding your book. Yeah. And um, it's called, uh, there's a page in it which says A Pearl from the Wreckage. And I just thought I would read that because I think it gives a brilliant um, a brilliant introduction to you, Jenny. Okay, thanks. Okay. So Genix is a truly unique expression of life, a creative catalyst for change and transformation. Widely recognized as a natural-born song-led shaman, spiritual teacher, visionary, healer, and transpersonal therapist. She runs international workshops, one-to-one, and bespoke group sessions. She's an author, presenter, poet, artist, singer-songwriter, an intuitive channel, a transformational speaker, and a firewalk instructor. Like, (laughs) wow, wow, wow. Okay, so moving on. Honouring the interconnectedness of all life, the profound healing power of nature and the glorious gift of humour, she uses drum, voice and sacred song to harmonise discordant energies. Genix opens multidimensional doorways through which to journey and heal. She has walked with many spiritual leaders and shamans and the wisdom of the elders underpins her work. Now, facing death in 2009 with a severely fractured spine, Genix recommitted to life with a new frequency, bringing her own medicine, turning trauma to treasure. And this is what she teaches with passion, compassion and gratitude. Magic always surrounds her. I mean, wow, that is just the most astounding and beautiful kind of narrative on who you are and how you are. And it's a gift to have you here on my Positive Power of Pain podcast. Um, And also today, so Jenix, a few months ago, I was on Facebook and I was observing um, your, your incredibly deeply moving account of your your dog passing away and we didn't know each other but I think I dropped you the odd message and actually I was here in plus x where we are Mm -hmm. today and I remember just watching it and being so touched because you know everything I do in my own work is about uh trauma and the way it gets stuck in the body but also grief is a huge Mm -hmm. one to me because I've seen over the years so much illness is because of unprocessed grief so the thing that I found incredible so two things one is your openness at you, it was raw and it was real and it would have the medicine of that to witness it what was I, I don't know if magical is the right it was so real it, it wasn't even magical it was real yeah and it's what's hidden so much um, so we had that but also there was that beauty of animals 
and dogs in this case and how how incredibly healing they are and for me as a as a practitioner my dog who's with us right now in the studio is always with me with my clients it's like you know you come to me you get the dog <laughs> because I I believe animal medicine you know is incredible for for regulating the nervous system which you know gets us out of stress state and trauma but anyway so that was kind of and then you contacted me recently yeah you just reached out to me um because you saw and it was the ics and you you can say more about that in a moment but i'm so i'm just giving that background that for the sake of this podcast Mm. what what our journey has been where our connection is and you know many years ago i did a lot of shamanic rites of passage um kind of training but then i went off on a much more on a level of being a a lot more clinical in a way with what I do and now it's come full circle because actually this aspect is is part of it yeah it's not all there are many different ways to to heal but this is essential so you know I'd like yeah just share a little bit maybe about your book what what that's about and also we can talk about you know animals you know and and your journey with that was was so beautiful Mm. to witness and then I want us to really talk about you know where we meet on on trauma and how to move it through the body Mm -hmm. and the positive power of pain your journey uh, you know the positive power of excruciating pain disease injury you've been through but like the wow factor of what that's also created and that for me is the positive power of pain and you know why that's the name of the podcast so yeah I think we need a week's residential. <laughs> I know, I know. So, you know, let, let's just start. I That journey for you, when you went live on Facebook with the death of, of your beautiful dog, it, it, just share a little bit about that. Sure, well, Roxy the Jedi Frog Princess was an incredible soul, as all dogs are. Um, and the way she came to me and the way she left and her journey in between, all of it was... Um, kind of quite extraordinary two years before she basically nearly died in the garden with me under a very strange circumstance and spirit stepped in um and that was that was the first part of I think what led to her departure in the way it was because I had to accept that she was dying that day when a vet wouldn't give her what she needed and I spent seven hours in the garden watching her throw her guts up having hemorrhaged Mm -hmm. nobody could help and I couldn't leave where I was and I sat there for seven hours and I couldn't get a vet to come. I couldn't. It was just awful. And then finally, various situations um, came into play and a bit of magic. And um, a very amazing lady turned up in the evening um, to put her to sleep. And I'd had to sit and really face that she was going. Yeah. Candles. You know, we were sitting there talking to her. And then I just had an extraordinary feeling that, that it was wrong. And she suddenly stopped being sick. And the vet came. We spent two hours talking. And all three of us said, nope, it's not (laughs) going to happen. And it was a divine intervention in many, many, many ways. Um, The next day, I went out of my front door. She'd had another seizure, but was okay, but still very ill. Um, And um, a neighbor's cat ran between my legs, nearly tripped me over, then turned round, went to my front door and belly danced up the front door in the most peculiar way I've never seen a cat do ever. Mm -hmm. So my entire attention was thrown to the cat. And then after this had happened, I went to look up cat in a book. And I thought, you don't need to look it up in a book. You know what cat's medicine's about. But it was no look it up in a book. 
And so I opened a book. I saw a paragraph which I've never seen before and I couldn't find again. And it said a spirit who was departing changed its mind and came back. Wow. And I thought, okay, so this is time to find a different vet. And there were many other things. The day before, I'd done a journey to the primordial light with her in my arms. And we had been jettisoned in a way that I wasn't expecting in any shape or form to a scenario where there were elders and beings and animals and she was brought out into the centre and honoured for her soul. Mm-hmm. The next day, this is kind of slightly in shamanic language, but the next day a healer stopped me in Lewis and said, can I speak to your dog? And I'm like, sure. She said, she's got a message for you. She said, I've chosen to come back, even though I'm not comfortable, to prove to you the power of love. You said you were willing to release me and you fought for my life. Wow. Which taught me a lot about compassion and being in myself enough to hear beyond. Mm-hmm. So that two years longer, she stayed with me for another two years. Yeah. And other things were going wrong in her belly. Um, And when she did finally pass, I had a really strong feeling that she needed to choose the moment she she left with as close as possible before her organs collapsed. And it was a hard call because if I'd just been running on my own emotion, she might have gone much before then. Mm -hmm. Um, But I recognised that I needed to fill myself up with love and awareness and put her first which I did, and was able to therefore hear her timing instead of impose my grief, which was so important Mm. because that little soul had a mission and it wasn't to be governed by me, Mm. and I could have missed it so easily. Mm -hmm. So she taught me something so profound. And then on the actual day that I knew it had to happen, I said to her, you've got to put your oar in here. And um, I would never have consciously thought, I'm going to film my dog's death on Facebook. Like That's (laughs) gross. Yeah, yeah. But then suddenly I, I'd done little snippets of singing to her and soothing her and taking her to say goodbye to different people and, mm-hmm. and some friends singing to her in the car on the seafront the day before mm-hmm. and a little boy reading her a story. And it all felt very important, not necessarily to broadcast, but I didn't kind of... I was just doing it without thinking. And then on the day of her departure, the amazing vet that I had... Um, I I rang him up and I said, please come four hours earlier. And they could never change times. He said, no problem. Mm -hmm. And that was that was so important. Um, And then while we were there, I had such a nudge from my intuition. And it just said, put this on Facebook. And I said to the vet, sorry, I'm going to freak you out. But can you speak on Facebook with me live? And he looked at me. And I said, and play the powwow drum in a ceremony. And the poor vet went white. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. But he was so such a beautiful soul. Lovely man, um, vets to home, Suzanne and Dr. Joe, absolutely beautiful people doing an incredibly tough job. And together we created the space in ceremony with my with Roxy's other mum and um, a friend of mine, Greg, who's a healer, shaman. And we created a beautiful space. And the irony was that at the moment that Roxy was ready, she got up off the floor almost impossibly and walked towards the vet, looked at me. And I said, okay. And he looked at me and he said, it's now. And I said, I know. She chose it. She went back and lay on the bed and he put the injection in. And Mm. um, she was deaf. So I had the song that I wrote, which is Thank You For My Life, Great Spirit, or Thank You For Her Life in that moment, um, playing just above her so she could Mm -hmm. hear the vibration because she knew it. And they normally have two vials of, of stuff that, you know, closes the door on life. Yeah. She needed two mils of one of those. Right. And she was right standing at the door. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, my heart breaks when I, I drive around with her collar in my car and I wish her neck was in it. Yeah. I love her and miss her, mm-hmm. as we all do with our pets. But those spirits are so compassionate, so deep teachers. 
And it's like, I just want to say to anybody who disregards a dog's soul, you're missing out on mm. something utterly amazing. Mm, mm. And I'm, was... Yeah. And it was so, it was so beautiful. And, you know, I have my dog in clinic with me every session mm. and my dog responds differently to each individual yeah he has yeah. his unique relationship with different people and he knows he knows if someone is in pieces or if someone's just come because they just need a bit of relax he knows what's going on you know they are extraordinary beings and I mean it's, so it's quite interesting because listening to you so within that you had the journey of your beautiful dog but you also had your own journey you know plus on top of years and years of journeying through life with pain or grief mm -hmm. I mean what I loved most was um with that your openness about your own grief mm -hmm. as well because it was like it gives permission for people to see grief because I, I don't know what I see a lot with clients is they just hold it in their body and I think it was a beautiful example of how to help people to process grief do, definitely do you know what I mean I to do. move and and one of the things with the positive power of pain is it's about have, giving yourself permission to move towards your pain rather than having to constantly suppress and move away from pain yeah and you were moving that process mm. that you allowed people to witness was moving towards the pain and within that there was beauty and there was realness so do you want to say a little bit about yeah I think I think it's a, that's a good way of putting it um mm, I think I don't feel that comfortable about expressing emotion like that publicly. Mm -hmm. But when it's authentic mm. and, you know, I, my my heart really wanted to share the fact that something so traumatic with a loved one, mm. deeper, deeper than just a dog, you know, this mm -hmm. amazing soul departure mm -hmm. from your life is something that needs to be honoured. And in the honouring of that in oneself and, in, and with the animal, there's a beauty mm -hmm. and there's a celebration. And I think my I've got I've got goosebump pumped pimples all over right now mm. and I think Roxy came to me in, a, in an MRI scanner a few days before and I said well, what's the message you want to leave here and I felt her on my chest and she said let love be your guiding star mm. and I thought well that just says it all really because I had let love be my guiding star and mm. nothing got in the way which is quite unusual mm -hmm. because we're human and full of head things um, and I, I felt like she wanted me to take that message on. That was her message. So I let love be my guiding star. And it wasn't about me. It wasn't about what people think about me crying. It wasn't about, oh, aren't I a hero or aren't I whatever, whatever. It was about how can I authentically honor this being? Mm. And in that, those emotions were there. And it's like it, authenticity is really important to me as long yeah. as it's not contrived. And there's identification, there's mirroring, there's resonance, you know, and I think it's why sometimes if we watch a movie or something, it can help trigger a feeling mm. uh, that you can't get in contact with yourself or for myself, you know, whether it's been in kind of 12-step recovery groups or other other 
arenas where I'm listening to someone else's experience and it's actually helping me mm, connect absolutely. with something in myself that is so buried and that I didn't have the capacity to think my way back to absolutely. that feeling or sensation. Whereas witnessing someone else's experience, it resonates on a, on a very somatic and physical uh, uh, level within the body as well, uh, which is very much as well why we're here today mm. to talk about this because you know we, we see things and we think our way around so many difficult or painful things and and we try and think our way out of what is a physical or physiological uh, body sensation and experience you know feelings are physical and I think what you gave that day was was an insight and a resonance that other people would be able to connect with I definitely did you I know think was, I was really stunned at how many people came up to me over the months preceding uh, afterwards and said you know I, I, I don't listen to my animal I don't um, mm -hmm. I don't hear I haven't been with them I've been out and about and I've abandoned them and, you know, there are times when I did that too, of mm. course, you know, left left her when I had to do something mm. and what have you. But generally, our presence with ourselves is medicine for the animal mm. to be present with them. And the last part of, I think, when I took her to the crematorium, I promised her I'd take her to the door. And the guy said, we can't, we don't do that. And I said, well, how about today you do? Mm -hmm. And I chatted to him and he was kind enough to do that. So... I actually placed her in the oven after a ceremony, wow. which was really hard to do. Yeah. And then I turned the oven on wow. and it failed twice. So I was sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I've pressed the button and it hasn't happened. Wow. And then, you know, you have those funny thoughts mm. like, oh, maybe she's, maybe mm. she's, you know. Um, but the irony was the, dial, the digital dial numbers, by the time it did work on the third time, had reached number nine, which is the number of completion. The car in front of me on the way there was K9. <laughs> and the guy said to me, it's actually extraordinary watching this happen. He said, I've never been party to anything like this before. Please, can we talk afterwards? So he had a whole different opening to things he'd never even considered, mm. which feels like, you know, that's the spirit of Roxy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. me being willing to be open and not thinking about what does anyone think. Yeah. But being true to the heart yeah. for the benefit of all. And so millions of other doors fly open yeah. when you're not looking to make something happen. Absolutely. And I mean animals you know so we're here today in plus x which is an extraordinary co-creating uh, yeah it. workspace and the reason i am here um there's i suppose there's a few reasons but the main reason is my dog gets to be here too mm. and my dog is you know I don't know if it's good or bad, but he's pretty much with me all the time. He's very particular. He is a companion dog. He's not working dog. Um, and, you know, when I look at the effect he has on people in the building. It's walking medicine. It, he is walking medicine. And there's some other beautiful dogs in, in this building as well. And, you know, people light up that the energy of these animals in this building where people are stressed, there's loads of different businesses there's loads of stuff going on uh, even right now we're in a high tech room we're in a studio but having an animal here it's a different it's energy like and it, it's a nervous system I mean it's that more primal mm. nervous system and I suppose this is kind of where I want us to go to because what is it 
that makes having a dog and you know they're domesticated animals obviously it could be other animals but generally for us uh, at this time uh, it's dogs isn't it cats in the house but if you go out Mm. your companion is a dog so what is it uh, that is so important and and I know the answer I know that even if you touch an animal and you start to feel the warmth of their body the rhythm of their breath yeah, when they're calm. I mean, obviously there's some crazy, yeah. you know, puppies yeah. and great. But generally, with a, an animal like Blue, who's in the room right now, um, you only have to touch him. You only have to kind of resonate with him, and it has an effect on your nervous system. Yeah, it helps us regulate our nervous system and I know now they start they're starting to bring dogs into schools because of the effects they have on children Um, so as well as being incredible spirits they are kind of here to help us heal and to regulate ourselves and move us from this stress state to a healing state so that is one way of journeying in our own body from you know this this overstimulated sympathetic or you know kind of frozen parasympathetic state back to a state of health and rest and digest um and they are they are amazing in in that way and but, but i mean you have other ways i have other ways of helping people heal and journey yeah so I I would be interested now as well, just just to shift the conversation slightly more on to you know what your ways are. I mean, I've created my get into your body methodology, the bones, the joints that are joints, and aligning them as like the keys mm-hmm. to releasing a lot of um, trauma patterns and memories. I I believe the joints are the keys to the muscles. Mm. So if the muscles are holding memories and the soft tissue of the joints, kind of their movement or they're locked or that yeah, it's that's another podcast, but. Um, <clears throat> that's like a key and when you, you when you came to me recently you contacted me um we were talking about that and I was like it's the bones it's the bones Jenny it all starts with the bones um and I'd say you're coming very much from ultra spirit journeying energetic and I'm coming from you know you've got to understand every joint and every move move and as you bring someone in then they're really connected in their body to the ground and we kind of meet somewhere in the middle don't we it's a really beautiful combination actually but our job is the same mm-hmm. yeah our job is to help people move and 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 move connect connect through whether it is illness or the experience that you so beautifully shared you know a death a death of someone I'm saying someone you know Roxy was a someone for you it doesn't matter that Roxy was a dog it was a heart connection yeah and the loss and the trauma and the letting go and and the you know those are the times with the work I do that I see where people move into addiction they move into hurting themselves in different ways to try and move away from the pain of what they're experiencing and of course our job in our unique way is to bring people back towards the pain and to move through it. So do you just want to share like 
for you how how do you do that you know what is your your way and by the way I, if you're listening to this we're going to get a medicine song for from jenny to help you travel whoever you are listening to this we are going to be actually doing something actively uh, towards the end mm-hmm. of this podcast so do stay tuned i think just one thing that just came into me to just jump back to the end of the animal conversation is mm-hmm. when you touch an animal communicate with an animal if you're mindful you to go into a relaxed state you bring the electricity down in you the reverberations yeah. of the mind which mm-hmm. opens a door and then we can hear each other the animals can hear us we can hear them in a much much more profound way so they're teachers on that level and um and also when you're stroking a dog because you feel that warmth and that reciprocity you come into your body so it feels so much like even if you're out, you know, uh, Roxy was amazing too with clients and that because, you know, if, if someone was really agitated, then she'd go and lean on them and that presence would bring them back in their body. Then she'd sort of look at me and practically wink and go, I go, well done, nice one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll just leave the room. You can stay with my client. Yeah, same. It's like, right, Blue, I'll leave this session to you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, people used to like add a bonus for the dog to get a bone and say, thank, send me messages saying, could you please thank Roxy for this, this, and this, and, and my yeah. previous dog. Yeah. And, um, but the one thing that stands out is we forget that these animals come to help us, but in helping us, they also take on our energy, which can turn into illness. Yeah. And, and it's like, I remember this when I was working with horses. It's like it's so important to every now and again give them a cleanse, take them to a practitioner with you and have you and and the dog balanced or cleared or whatever because otherwise they become a holder for Mm -hmm. things. And although they have Mm -hmm. their own karma and that I believe Mm -hmm. there's a choice in that, there's still some kind of um, bits around the edges that I feel as an owner is our responsibility mm, to mm. be mindful of, mm. to clear a bit of dust. Like and a bit you of stuff take off. your car to a car yeah. wash, you know, it's it's like, you okay, the rain, to the yeah, the <laughs> rain will clear it off, a lot of it, but sometimes you just need to get, you know, the chamois lever and give it a good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, going back to your other question, um, I think whatever practice one's doing it's really important to 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 create as we were talking about earlier the importance of a sacred space um as best as you can to set that sacred space up now what's sacred to you might not be sacred to the person you're working with so it's really important to have that engagement and kind of work together to create a sacred space so that you're in it together so to speak and then i feel like as you were saying you know you can't a bit like when you do a meditation and Often, as we know, we'll go to the earth and we'll draw energy up from the earth to our heart and then we'll carry on through the top of their head, perhaps to the star nations and make a collection and bring that energy back down as a mix in the heart area and mm-hmm. rest, mm-hmm. both coming from the spirit to the to the heart and from the earth to the heart mm-hmm. actually requires that full journey wherever you start to go from bottom through to top mm. and back down again mm-hmm. on whatever level you do that so grounding is is totally important no matter what we do yeah how do we bring ourselves into a grounded space and make sure we're present before we even open the door to um oh. our, our, our our person wonderful person that we might be working with and how do we help that in them so that they're present and coherent so yeah. their perception is as clear as it can be mm. to receive whatever is theirs mm. to receive which mm-hmm. isn't for us to decide and I think uh, yeah can I just say something there because for me I did a shamanic training years ago because um 
my father committed suicide and I saw mm. him do it before he did it. So it was mm. an incredibly difficult yeah. thing um, to know that you've seen something. And, you know, I'm not going into all of that now. But the point was that, you know, I, I struggled. I used drugs to try and change the way I felt to not connect. To, you know, I, I, I have a PhD in how to move away from pain. I really do. You know, how to try not to have. feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was fascinated by shamanism simply because... I had it was clear I had an element of clairvoyancy but it wasn't particularly nice clairvoyancy it was about death and it was about some some weird stuff it it, it had its benefits but it was it was a tricky experience I was in my 20s at the time and so I went off and did some shamanic rites of um, passage stuff and and what was really the biggest take home I had from all of that was you need a foot in both worlds. So you can't step off into the realms of journeying if your foot isn't, your other foot isn't literally cemented into the earth. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, I, I here we are 25, 26 years later. And, you know, I've literally created a course mm-hmm. called Get Into Your Body, yeah, you know, yeah. which is about and it all starts with the feet. It starts with that connection because this whole thing, you need to be grounded is what does that mean? You know, and it's taken me it took me a long time. To say, that is not just a, a thing. Our brain, when you hear that, it doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Get Into Your Body course is, is about the bones, about the feet, about the joints. But yeah, so then one can revisit more what you're doing, what you do, which I, which I love. And I feel like I, I'm almost safe to come back to that area now. You know, that I've learned my lesson of how to stay connected. I don't think they're separate in a way because you can't do one without the other no. in my book. So yeah. I don't start up there and stay up there because yeah. you've got to start on the earth to be able to bring heaven to earth yeah, and, yeah. and have that connection. And I think a lot of us come into this life, I did. Actually, I came in as a cesarean birth. I totally felt like I was ripped out before I'd made a decision to truly fully embrace life. Okay. And I was in that kind of space of like, oh, what's this? I don't think I like this. Mm. And it was really hard to be here. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of like years in my life have been really hard to be here. And I didn't mm. understand what that was about mm. until then. The car accident I had in 2009, mm. I believe, was was a mission for me to actually choose to do that last part again, mm. to choose life when I could walk out the door mm. and say, I'm fully willing to turn up and deliver my gifts. But I was given that option and that choice to make because I, I wanted to leave. I just thought, I don't want to deal with this. I could be paralyzed. I don't think I can face this. Mm-hmm. And then it was like spirit spoke in whatever way. And said, look, you've got these gifts to deliver and you're not getting out of here, even though you don't think much of it at times. So get back in your boots. This yeah. is about service. Yeah. And um, But I don't think, I think a lot of us don't actually understand what embodiment means fully. Mm-hmm. And we think we are when we're not mm-hmm. just because we have a body. Mm-hmm. And yet the spirit's probably sitting on a building three, three mm-hmm. miles away. And the nervous system. Yeah won't let you get back in because you're in fight or flight yeah and and the body has literally forgotten how to regulate itself which is where animals are so great because physically they help to do that and coming back into that peaceful space is the gets the door unlocked again yeah absolutely i mean i'm in the process of uh i'm about to start a program called the relief program which is you know it's about incorporating essential nutrition which obviously to come back into the body and to process to to actually 
actually process trauma or pain. Your body needs to be physically nourished. But unfortunately, essential nutrition, people think is about what they eat, but actually it's about understanding the systems that need to process what you eat mm. or you can't absorb it, mm. uh, which is why to me that's a, an essential what, part of any trauma processing because you need to be strong enough, you need to be grounded enough and in your body for, for I, I, I think, for extreme pain to move because it does take energy to to, to move it. To engage with it yeah. in order to change something. Absolutely. When I have clients come into my clinic again and again, I'm kind of having to say, listen, you're not strong enough to right now to, for your body to even let go. Mm. You know, you, you, your cells aren't letting go. Mm. Yeah, you've got to be able to relax. And we move into this state when our nervous system is on edge of total contraction. Yeah. And misalignment. It's fascinating. Lock up. Yeah. Lock up. So, you know, and there are many different ways of unlocking, but nourishment, absolutely. Alignment, understanding of the body. Breath. Breath. And then, of course, you know, your your incredible gift of medicine is is the song as well. And I mean, to me, when I think of that, that is resonating with different parts of the body. One of the biggest therapeutic um, things for me through what's been an incredibly challenging few years recently uh, was the music of Ludovico Einaudi. Mm, I don't know if mm, you've heard yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's because... There, I went to see him five times. <laughs> I mean, that was my spiritual church. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah, I have but... a church, it's being in a room yeah. with him playing the piano. And it was because that music, that sound would connect with different parts of my body in a way that you can't think your way for that release to happen can you you can't it's something it's a resonance I think you try we try to change things and, and fix things on the level they were created which mm. is usually mental and you can't do it no no so I think you know it's a really interesting time mm-hmm. now because obviously we're coming out of a pandemic and people are people are curious as well what what I'm seeing is and younger people, I was saying to you earlier, you know, younger people are kind of gravitating towards um, things. And, and I suppose when I think about it, I was in my 20s when I gravitated towards yeah. a lot of this. But it's really exciting to think there are new generations of young people coming through. Waking up fast. Yes, they really are. They, they really are. And, and looking for holding. Looking for holding. And a lot of them, you know, I mean, when I think about what I used to get up to, <laughs> to try and <laughs> deal with podcast. my pain. Yeah, <laughs> but to try and deal with my pain or to try and not deal yeah. with my pain. Yeah. And I'm meeting, I'm meeting these young people and, and my heart just wants to burst open because they're ready now. Do, do, do you know what I mean? To use a lot of these methodologies and they're curious. And so, that, so that's a really beautiful thing. And, it, and it's, it's just about letting them see what's, what's available as well. And, and to teach how trauma, you know, we keep coming back to this word trauma, but I've done another podcast recently, which was saying we actually need it to make ourselves do things, yeah, to make us function, or we'd just sit in a blob on the sofa and do nothing. <laughs> That's also trauma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that. But you're allowed to love Netflix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you know, it's like it's not spiritual. You don't watch Netflix. Too. EastEnders, you must be a sick, you must be sick in the head. Actually, I'd say there are plenty of 
TV programs and such like that carry a low vibration and you do need to be mindful yeah. of what you choose to watch and why. But like sometimes you just want to get out of the head fuck yeah. and actually just sit down and disappear into some magical movie. Yeah. And, um, and, and actually it's great. And if you've got that little voice in the back of your head saying you shouldn't be sitting here watching this, you end up in another trauma. So it's like, please be aware of what really serves you, what doesn't, and then just let yourself off the hook. Ab- absolutely. Have a bit of a fun time. Well, I'm thinking now would be a lovely time to listen to one of your medicine songs. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'd like, we were talking about um, before we began, what should the intention be? Because obviously with healing, we want there to be an intention. Otherwise, it's a bit <coughs> like a football pitch without yeah. a goal, isn't it? Um, so... Would you like to share what we said the intention would be for this medicine song? Um, Well, I think really simply just to invite you, whoever is listening, when you're listening, to just take a couple of breaths and just consciously relax yourself into wherever you're standing, sitting or lying. And just um, bring your attention to your breath. And just take a few really gentle in-breaths and out-breaths in through your nose and out through your nose. And just open your heart to allowing whatever frequencies come through a little song that I'll call in a spirit song to serve you well in whatever area you need. And only you know that. And if it's only just to wash over you and allow yourself to be inspired, then you choose what that is because you're your own medicine. Um, and yeah, and I just I will just happily share what comes through. And these songs, um, I was working with the elders a long time ago. I didn't have a voice for many years for one reason or another and they said oh when you sing the energy feels cohere and put people back in their correct perception that's kind of grown and grown because having had no voice to then suddenly be a channel for these songs in front of people has been quite a challenge um, and, and also now refined I use them as medicine to open doorways um, with visual imagery and then we travel in multi-dimensional ways to um, rejig things cure things discover things um, and transform things and wow. that's probably another podcast okay. but um, for now I'm just going to share a little song with you and ask you to go inward and sit in your beautiful self connect with your heart maybe think about something that's moved you or touched your heart that might be an animal that might be a child it might just be a magic moment and just open your heart to whatever feels good to you and take a breath <laughs> and let go of anything that's been around you other than this present moment. Welcome home to your own heart. <clears throat> and I'm actually not going to use the drum because it's quite unresonant in here. So I'm just going to see what comes vocally. <clears throat> Yeah. 
Rest a moment and then just take a lovely breath in whatever way you need to do that. And just come back to your heart, maybe place your hand on your belly and really put your awareness of your feet on the floor, connecting to the earth as you find a comfortable rhythm of breathing and arrive back here with us in the body. Thank you. Wow. That was so beautiful, Jenny. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, so I, welcome. Here we are in this in this box, <laughs> this room, and yet could have been in the desert or, yeah, that connection. Be, wouldn't it be fascinating to hear whoever's listening to this what what it connected with for you, whoever? Definitely, listened. that would be really nice. And it's, I mean, it's the the sound is very dulled in here. But hopefully the essence comes. And if you notice yourself um, finding images arriving, mm. it's really important because they're symbols. I always feel a, feel them to be symbols of the soul. And when you then spend a little time journeying into those symbols, they have another voice and you can really mm. unwrap many things. And um, But do that if you choose to, but do it in a safe way. So maybe give yourself a, a time frame, light a candle, be comfortable, uninterrupted. If you want to explore that or draw it, or write a poem, maybe a sentence will come mm. from what you experienced. And it's just another doorway, another way of unlocking. Um, so Jenny, let me ask you something, mm -hmm. because I think this is, this is what I want to, um, I, I'm interested to hear it from my guests. Yeah, yeah. And if someone is in crisis today and they're in pain and they don't know what to do about it, what would your SOS trauma, pain relief tip 
be that is not a self-harming one but is something that you know can help journey through the pain to its positive power and creativity on the other side well it's a funny funny question in a way to answer because like i haven't got a prescription because it changes according to what the situation is whether the okay. person's on the phone whether the person's in front of me mm-hmm. um and and because i work very much in in cahoots with them upstairs mm-hmm. and i i requires me listening and moving not just from my own head of whatever i know the way that i approach that would be to meet the person where they are again to create a safe space the basic stuff of grounding and and through what transpires there will be a space to go mm-hmm. and that will come up in a very different way for any person yeah. but it absolutely, absolutely requires my presence my participation and compassion and when there's a settling of that person's trauma then another level opens up and it's much more easier a bit later on to input something practical that mm-hmm. someone can take mm-hmm. away but it's almost like the most powerful thing is like the three core conditions in a way you know empathy I can't remember what they are, non-judgmentalism and what's the other one? Immediacy, I think. But it's like being present, letting that person really know they're being heard and held and um, not judged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then other doors fly open and then through conversation I will hear and see an image and that will give me a cue to travel down a different path. Which is fantastic but that is when you're around for them. So I, what I'd also like to ask is, it, you're not around, no one's sure. around. It's two o'clock in the morning, someone's in crisis. So from your experience, and, and you're quite right, different things work for different people at different times. Mm. So this is more about just, just giving people a toolkit, you know, because it's going to work for someone, it's not necessarily going to work for the other person. But that two o'clock in the morning you're completely isolated on your own what would be the tool you've used jenny for yourself well for for, obviously i would have given those somebody those kind of some tools to use having had a previous conversation so that would be important oh okay yeah in and so then it it might be that i've given this person those things because they resonated and somebody else something different but in terms of what I might use if I um, are waking up in a, a crisis and a trauma, it would it would be to make a connection with somebody if that were possible. Mm-hmm. And that's not always possible because some people find it really hard to reach out when they're in crisis. Mm-hmm. They tend to go insular, exactly. lockdown, yeah. and almost isolation. make it worse. Get yeah. the isolation, like yeah. lockdown has triggered. Mm-hmm. Then you have the overactivity in the brain talking probably negative thinking, mm-hmm. which can lock in even more crisis. Yeah. So it's... If I've spoken to the person before and they have a connection with the awareness, bringing their awareness to how in being in trauma can shut you down, but actually you want to open up. Yeah. So it would be something of how can you connect with your animal? How can you open the window and feel the fresh air on your face? Mm. Change your environment a little bit. Just go outside your door and go go and walk in the garden with your feet bare. Mm -hmm. Touch a tree, connect with a tree, look at a star something outside of what's going on in your in your verbiage in your head so again we're saying nature is an extraordinary um kind of go-to and and i i suppose the reason why i'm saying the two and two o'clock in the morning one is because you know a lot of people find it hard to reach out 24 hours a day when they Mm. most need to but that time in the middle of the night historically for me was kind of 
that time when you can feel the most hopeless, helpless, powerlessness, despair, Mm. fear. And 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 it's like, you know, for a lot of people, there's nothing else there. There's no distraction. So... That's why I, I, I just always call it, you know, the trauma 2 a.m. trigger, you know, because when I talk about even my courses and things that I've created for people at that mm-hmm. time of night, you know, this is what you do in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's because I I think for myself in my own journey, that's been when I've I've felt it the most. most Although I would also say the other side of that is sometimes I'll feel it the most when I'm in the middle of a lot of people in a, you know, space where you just feel so distant from people as well. You know, when you're in pain, it can be very difficult to be social and around. You just triggered something there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there, there are also things like very simple things and not they're not the cure-all but they're to get you out of one vibration into another mm-hmm. vibration because our perception shifts when we're locked in the negative it goes down and we draw more of the same to ourselves quite often and when we lift it up it changes the perception and then we have more of our own power to hand to to for alchemy um but you know having a pen and paper having some colored pens to be able to just draw the color of how you feel draw the shape of how you feel Make a cup of tea. Make a make a make a warm drink that yeah. appeals to you. Bring that in, but also, um, um, hang on, something just just went by and I've lost it. Um, many many years ago, because I've struggled with fibromyalgia for many years, and and that's a horrible pain, and I don't take anything for it, but I have to meet it, live with it, negotiate with it, and be self caring more and more, and and work together with it, shall we say? Um, and that's a label, it's, you know. That's another podcast, sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember sitting in a monastery in France um, and I was drawing and I didn't really pay attention to what I was doing until this woman, and this was to distract myself from pain so I could stay present. Um, and I also have neurodivergent wiring, so I need to do something else in order to hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, I was drawing these pictures and this woman nudged me and she said, where did you learn to do that? And I looked at my lap and I thought, wow, where did that come from? And then I couldn't stop, mm-hmm. and I did about 200. Mm-hmm. And the, the essence of it was I didn't know what I was drawing. I didn't realize I was a channel, a bit like the songs. And I, I knew that I had to draw marks on the paper, sense the energy, and then just follow the marks mm-hmm. rather than a prescription of what I was trying to draw. Yeah. And then I'd get to a point where my mind would judge that and go, that's rubbish, just tear it up and put it away. And it was like, no, 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 you have to breathe. You can't leave that drawing until you've finished it but just keep going. And it showed me that the mind says, stop, rubbish it, put it away. The heart knows exactly what it's doing. So by waiting and just going through the judgment of that shape and the stupidness of the picture or whatever one might project upon it, it resolved itself in something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we interrupt ourselves all the time and never get to resolve the beauty. Mm -hmm. But that also became a wonderful tool to distract from pain Mm -hmm. in order to be present. Um, and, and that's another thing. I, I do that with, with the shamanic work. I can do those pictures with people, imprints of their energy I used to use with the elders. And I draw while the elders spoke and they would speak off the drawing and code it. And it's really interesting, something you just said, because um, to me, pain is contraction yeah. and lack of movement. Yeah, we, we, we contract. We t- it's almost like an unconscious thing. The body tries yeah. to protect and build yeah. walls around the area. Whereas when we're in flow, whether it's creative flow or movement flow 
pay there, there's a chance for that to move for you know someone said to me earlier today oh yeah I need to do loads of stretching and I said to them mm, it might be you just need to mobilize <laughs> you know you just need to mobilize and then and then muscles will automatically stretch and kind mm. of move through all their range of movement and and generally I, I, I'm a true believer that when we mobilize um, uh, and and creative energy is really a, a, a mobilization of energy coming through us isn't it I mean it's beautiful sure. what you were saying about the the drawing um it's the brain is also and not just the the human cognitive brain but the body brain is engaging in something different mm -hmm. a different experience yeah. and it's uh, uh, when I was training what we learned was actually the brain can really only concentrate on one sensation at a time <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah so yeah. so if you can distract it with creative flow which is a natural process then a byproduct of that is natural pain relief yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and that can be through creativity yeah. absolutely mm. you know and fibromyalgia is is uh, I've done podcasts I will do many more on fibromyalgia because oh, yeah. I've got all kinds of um yeah th th there's a lot of a lot around that you know but for you I, I would imagine you know in the world you're in it's a constant reminder it keeps you on, on track having to put things in place to to work you know and that is the positive power of pain isn't Indeed, it Jenny? absolutely and it's like how you engage with pain either cripples you or helps you fly and yeah. I think can I mention the... Of course. Just made me yeah. suddenly think about it. The, the book that... Please um, do. I've Absolutely. just created with five other women. Um, uh, Olivia Beardsmore of Burning Woman um, and four other people. We wrote a chapter each. Uh, my chapter's called A Pearl from the Wreckage. And the book's called Phoenix Rising. And basically, we're all phoenixes rising. And sometimes we forget when we fall back in the um, in the ashes and burn our feathers that we will rise again. And that those burning times, shall we say, um, are times that create, um, help us become the pearl in the wreckage because every trauma is an opportunity to grow, learn, refine, mm -hmm. alchemize. But if our brain gets hold of it and sees it as a total disaster and we head down mm -hmm. in the lower vibrations, sit in the shit, so to speak, mm -hmm. and lose that motivation to rise, then we're kind of co-creating and we have so much power to create what we need, even at times when we feel so hopeless and powerless. Mm. As, as, as long as there's a tiny little willingness, a spark or an ember still burning, there's a fire to rise out of. Mm. And um, so really yeah. my story, A Pearl from the Wreckage, is about turning trauma to treasure. Wow. And, and you know, oh God, am I a pearl from my wreckage? Yeah. Yeah, and I started calling it a pearl in the wreckage. And I thought, no, I'm not in the wreckage anymore. Yeah. I'm from the wreckage. Yeah. And that from the wreckage has taught me how to become more of a human yeah. and more of a connected person, despite the bits that I would rather weren't as they were in my life and the bits mm. that don't work as I want them to. There are other gifts that come in. And, and it's learning to surrender to what is rather than trying to force what you want to be into a reality that it no longer can, which revolves grief and it involves sitting in the shit the pain rather not the shit but the pain mm -hmm. in order to go through it as we were speaking about in the beginning mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then there's a song um, both of these are on my website website and the book will be get outable in a couple of weeks on amazon but it's www.becomeyourownmedicine.co.uk uh, that's the website and slash books uh, if you wanted the book but 
there was a song that I wrote alongside the book which kind of came through the ether and it's called Thank You For My Life, Great Spirit. And it, the, the lyrics are woven through the book mm-hmm. and I always say that sp- uh, poetry is the spine on which to hang the essence of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the spine being the operative wor- word, you know, how do I bring myself back, back, back to life? Um, and whatever that resonance is in your in your own way might be worth thinking about. But the mm-hmm. song is a, a, a song of helping people remember the power they've got to turn trauma to treasure, to remember the power of gratitude and um, that we all need each other to move as a tribe as well as being individually yeah. ourselves. But collectively, we need to come together with a higher vibration um, as ambassadors of unity, as I say, with love as our guiding star and we can plant some amazing new seeds for a new future. Mm. A home, Takrio Yasin. And thank you so much for having me. Uh-huh. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jenny. And, you know, I I am currently looking for my tribe or finding my tribe. And I'm even running a program called The Revive Tribe, you know, because obviously we can't heal on our own. We are not designed to be on our own, you know, and, and the the power of connecting with other humans mm. and the, the, we are here to, to support each other mm. and to heal together and grow. Um, and this podcast is just, you know, I, it's just something I want to be doing. I want to be connecting with other people where, you know, it's like, pain happens and avoiding pain creates more pain moving into the pain through the pain creates incredible experiences yeah i i mean you cannot believe uh, uh, when i say you i mean anyone if 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 you are listening to this and you are trying to contain pain rather than finding a way of being creative or finding a tribe or finding someone who can help support you raise your vibration yeah to to journey through it because your pain is simply a voice with a message for you and that message is the soul and the history and the genetics and dna of who you are and you know it's i'm passionate about this i I just can't help myself um because you know those darkest darkest moments you know when you're on your knees and you think how can this possibly be happening to me we forgot to mention the power of prayer right that doesn't have to be you know religiously orientated you know whatever is your thing that makes sense to you is super important but everyone can pray and when we ask for help we're more likely to get it than when we don't but if we ask from a true heart so it's not just a grasping thing Mm. and we have respect for life and um and honor those connections there's an enormous amount of unseen magic in the air that Mm. conspires um synchronistically to support and help us and then it's about becoming aware of it you know quite often i'm moaning about the fact i don't feel connected or i've or i feel i've got no support or whatever in my astrological chart you can see why i feel like that and my journey is to trust and trust was buggered at the very beginning so it's like a tree fault fallen learning to stand up again and root its roots and be able to open its branches to whole new life um, and that's the journey, but yeah. it's it's like the power of calling in human friends on our level, and the power of the invisible is also extremely amazing. Yeah, 
for don't sure. Don't forget to break, make sure. your prayers for the, and let them be for the benefit of all. And, we... and I would just say, because some people who might think religion, prayer, you know, it's not about that. It's no. about the energy that created you. What was it that created you that has you here living in this body right and here now? the interconnectedness now? of all life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Honour it. We're going to have to wind up, um, and I'm I'm just thrilled that we've done this, Jenny. Yeah, and me too. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll do another podcast in the future. Yeah, yeah. There's so much more to talk about, and hopefully, we're going to run a few projects together face yeah, to face awesome. as well, which is really exciting. Face to face, human, human. I know humans, real humans, in in Step rooms or outdoors. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so thank you for listening to this um, podcast of this Positive Power of Pain uh, series with guests is is really important to me because I want to be getting a lots of different perspectives mm. on how we can meet our pain and journey through it and come out brighter and wiser. All right, Jenny, thank you. And uh, thank you, we Victoria, will be back, I'm sure. All right. love to all of you guys out there. Yay. If you are interested in finding out more about the HL system, then please go to my website www.ixcheltheraapies.co.uk and you can find out about all the courses in the HL system relating to nutrition, to physical pain, to emotional pain, to spiritual pain, and you will be able to get involved also in one of the programs. These programs are designed to take you step by step through the courses and you can either do them one-to-one -one with myself or you can be part of a group program. So it's all waiting for you. Please just get in touch and let's start getting you out of pain. For now, take good care of yourself. Lots of love, Victoria. Thank you.